Are you a virtual assistant juggling all the things? You know, inquiries, contracts, payments. It can feel a little overwhelming at times trying to keep up with everything, right? Well, meet your new business BFF, insert HoneyBook. Think of HoneyBook as the upgrade your VA business didn't even know that it needed, taking you from beginner to polished and professional in no time. I've been using HoneyBook since day one of my business, and let me tell you, it's been a lifesaver for this busy mom. It's user-friendly, lets you automate workflows, and my favorite part is that it's completely customizable, so it'll look like it's native to your brand. I know what you're thinking. Do I really need a customer management platform? Well, spoiler alert, yes, you do. It's the secret ingredient that's given my VA business a 98% success rate of turning curious inquiries into solid bookings. Now, here's the deal. You can score an amazing 50% off right now if you use the link in the show notes. That's right. You heard that correctly. 50% off your entire subscription for any plan. And trust me when I say your business deserves the HoneyBook Upgrade. One of the reasons that I was really excited about having Lorianne on today was because she is an expert in all things numbers and financials. She knows her way around bookkeeping and she's got like a spreadsheet on lock. So I know that a lot of people are really intimidated when it comes to the numbers, right? We're kind of like, oh, we don't want to look at them. We don't even want to touch them. We want to like pretend like they don't exist. I am really hopeful that Lorianne is going to make numbers a little bit more fun and exciting for you guys. Have you ever felt like society isn't built for moms? Maybe you're a mama with a tiny voice in your head telling you there must be another way to balance it all. You know, working, momming, all the things. Yep, I had it too. And it likely means you're in the right place. Hey, I'm Amanda Rush, a Southern mama with big city sensibilities. I'm the girl that took a daydream and built a profitable virtual assistant business all in the middle of a global pandemic. Now, I work from home alongside some of the biggest bloggers and influencers while running a six-figure agency. Come along as we dive into business, marketing, strategy, and real life as a female entrepreneur. I'm all about simple, easy, actionable steps that get real results. This podcast is for the millennial mom that is ready to kick imposter syndrome and start making money on her own terms. Get ready as we dig in, do the work, and redefine what it means to be a working mom. This is the Millennial Mom Movement. Lori Ann, welcome to the Millennial Mom Movement podcast. I'm so excited for you to chat with our audience today. Hi, thank you so much. I'm so excited. Yay! Well, this is going to be an amazing conversation. But before we dive into the nitty gritty, Lorianne, will you tell us a little bit about who you are, how you got started, all the good things? Yeah, well, thank you for having me on. And I love that introduction because a lot of people are really scared about their numbers and they just like want to shove it into the cabinet and not open it up until tax time. And then they freak out during tax time and it's not good. But that's why I'm here and it's why I started my business. But going back a little bit farther, I'm a mom of two little ones and we live in Ohio. 
I like to run, drink my coffees. I'll probably get a coffee after this because I'm really tired. (laughs) But pretty much I have loved numbers from the start of everything. In high school, I knew that's what I wanted to do. My parents had businesses. I started working in their accounting departments and started doing stuff there. Quickly was like, all right, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go do the typical tax accounting path. And I did that, started working for a tax accountant and quickly realized there was a lot of people coming in during tax time that was stressed out and overwhelmed. They hadn't been doing their bookkeeping throughout the year. And we would scramble and do everything and just basically cross their name off the list once the tax return was filed and send them out the door for another year. And they were still lost in the whirlwind and not sure what was happening. And I didn't really like that. I wanted to help my clients throughout the whole entire year, be able to understand their numbers, understand their finances, and really utilize that to grow their businesses. So I left the tax world, ended up going back working for my parents' companies, and then started my own business now. And that's been like three years ago. And it's just like completely boomed. And it's been so much fun. I love it. That is amazing. And I too will probably be getting a coffee after this because I also have (laughs) little ones. And you know how it is. Like if you're a mom out there, you just know that three o'clock afternoon little hits and you're like, yeah, it's time for a little refuel. For sure. In fact, I'm not going to lie. I literally fell asleep in my bed for like 10 minutes before this because I'm like, I need to fall. Like I need a quick cat nap. (laughs) I love that for you so much. I wish I had done that. Okay, so I did not realize in my research that you came from the tax world first. And so Mm -hmm. I think that that gives you a really unique perspective in going through that experience. And I can see firsthand like that person that you're talking about that was like coming to you and scrambling and being like, ah, I don't know what I'm doing. And I haven't been doing this for all year. And now it's tax time and I need to get my stuff together. Please help me. That has 100% been like myself in the past. So I relate to her on a lot of levels. And then you're right, like tax season is over and you're kind of like, okay, bye. Like, thanks so much for your help. I guess I'll see you again in the same spot next year. (laughs) And it's true, right? Like that creates like a really unhealthy cycle. And Mm -hmm. also it's so stressful. So I know you talked a little bit about how you got started in the online space and kind of what bridged that gap. But tell me a little bit about like, what the heck even is a bookkeeper and like what the difference is between a bookkeeper and an accountant? Yeah. So those are kind of the same question in the general terms, but basically if we're looking at a bookkeeper, an accountant, a tax preparer, a tax strategist, the best analogy that I can think about is doctors. Okay. So all of the doctors go through pre-med, they go through the same stuff. They understand every part of the body. They understand stuff. They went the schooling for it all. But then halfway through, they specialize and pick what field they want to go in. So you have pediatrics, you have cardiologists, you have neurologists, you have all the types of different special doctors. And that's kind of how bookkeepers, tax strategists, tax preparers are. We all understand each other's jobs but we specialize in individual things. And it's very important that we all work together and why you need to have both of those. Because for me, what I do as a bookkeeper is I will go with you throughout the end of the year, or if you come to us at the end of the year and need a full cleanup, what we do is the foundation for what your tax accountant who's going to file your taxes, what they're going to build upon 
to create tax strategy and to actually file the taxes to the IRS. So you need to be able to have your bookkeeping done, have your bookkeeping up to date for the tax accountant to be able to file things. Furthermore, you need to be able to have your bookkeeping done so that you can, one, know your cash flow, know what's coming in, what's, know what's going out, know how to make good decisions in your business, but then also to be able to file those taxes on time. So I think that's the best analogy is kind of looking at the two different, well, there's more than two, there's a ton of different like individual specialties that accountants can go in. So accountants is like your broader term and then you have a bookkeeper and then you have it like a tax accountant and all the things like that. So hopefully that's a good analogy. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And I don't think I've actually ever heard anybody break it down like that. So I really like that. Okay, so I know a lot of people in our audience, part of the reason why I feel like they neglect their books is because it feels intimidating. And Mm -hmm. a lot of times people purchase a software like QuickBooks or I know there's, I mean, there's so many out there that you can do and you just kind of like go through there. Even if you are on top of things, maybe you do it like once every couple of months and you go in there and like tag things. Do you feel like that is an effective strategy? And if not, what do you recommend instead? Here's the thing with QuickBooks. I think it's a great tool and there's people that definitely need it. In fact, I prefer Xero over QuickBooks if we're looking in terms of software. But if we're looking at, okay, someone's first just starting out and they are like seeing all these ads and all their business friends are telling them, oh yeah, you need to get QuickBooks. You need to get QuickBooks. Okay. Then they sign up for QuickBooks and QuickBooks is very good at marketing towards the self-employed version or self-employed person. They even have a self-employed version, which I really don't like because things get very quickly can be automatic or they try to automate things through QuickBooks and it's actually not doing it properly. So you're not getting proper reports and you're not having a good insight on what your business is doing. So I would be very careful if you're going to start using a software. So if you're going to do a software, I would either hire a bookkeeper to do it for you inside of that software or have someone help you set it up or take a course or something and just make sure it's set up properly because that's the key. Things can get very easily just miscategorized and mislabeled. There's a lot of different background accounting knowledge that is working behind the scenes in the softwares. But if you're just starting out, there's spreadsheets out there that are very easy and they don't have the monthly cost. And they're less likely to have like problems when bank reconciliations and whenever QuickBooks like links with your bank account, things can get sometimes get missed and doubly entered and some stuff like that, where if you're not reconciling and things, they could be giving you the wrong reports because not everything's in there. But as far as tagging things inside of QuickBooks, if you haven't been in QuickBooks or not, basically what you do is they have the option to tag stuff. That is not actually how you're supposed to be categorizing your expenses and your income. The tagging is used for people in like the construction industry, for example, to where they want to tag certain income and certain expense to a specific job so that they can see that the job on like 12 Pearl Street, this is what the profit was on that specific job. So they want to split out those jobs. That's what the tagging is for. You are wanting to actually categorize those to something called your chart of accounts. So your income accounts, your expense accounts, you have liability accounts, you have equity accounts. That is what the reports pull from. And that's what then gets sent to your tax preparer. So you don't want to just tag things 
because then they are not actually coding them and categorizing them properly for the reports to pull through. That makes total sense. Okay, so I used to use QuickBooks back in the day and I even took a course on it, which is crazy to think about. And it literally told us to do the exact opposite. And so isn't that so scary that there's so much misinformation out there? Mm -hmm. And I was like, if you tag things, that was categorizing them. But it sounds like that is not the case. So that is super interesting. Yeah. And scary. Yikes. (laughs) Yeah. And, And the thing is, is like there is workarounds that you could... Yeah, it, that's just not the right way to do it. There, you'd have to be a very detailed in pulling a report and know exactly what you're doing to get the proper report if you're using just tagging. But yeah, tagging is utilized more for keeping like jobs separate, which is not really in the online space. So yeah. we, I honestly don't really use tagging hardly at all. I have like one construction company and we use tagging for them. Interesting. Okay. I know you mentioned utilizing like a great spreadsheet. I actually really love this idea. One of the reasons that I like doing this personally is because I feel like it kind of holds yourself accountable. And I know one of the things that you talked about too is like really looking at your books consistently. So tell me one, like if someone was going to use a spreadsheet, what would that look like? Or is there like a place that you recommend where they could purchase a template from? And then how would you recommend they utilize that in let's say their like regular monthly cadence? Yes. Good question. Okay. So I have a spreadsheet and I'm not to like pat my own back, but I'm like obsessed with this spreadsheet. (laughs) I like poured my soul into it, but it's on my website. It's if you could just go to lauriannecoons.com and hit marketplace. I actually have three different ones, but the DIY money manager is the profit and loss spreadsheet. And there's other bookkeepers that have spreadsheets out there that are pretty much the same thing. So just find one that you like, and that works for you but I'll kind of just like walk you through mine. So mine has different tabs for every single month. And in those tabs, you will categorize your expenses, categorize your income. There's visuals and charts and graphs. There's an automatic tax calculation, goal tracker. Everything will pull over to like one tab to where you can see the year and month side by side. So the full year is there. So that's kind of how mine is laid out. And then Basically, I would recommend either doing it at the very end of the month or doing it at the very beginning of the month, kind of depending on how the month falls. Just go in there and put in all of your expenses, all of your income, what's like happened on your credit card, what happened on your bank account. Just enter all that in and then review them and see like, hey, look, this is what made the most sales. This is what my biggest expense was. And just kind of review things and see what was different than last month and see if we need to change anything. Personally, I do all of my like, like I'll look in and check in with my numbers, but I won't do like a full bookkeeping like cycle for myself until like the end of the month until it's actually over. So like the first Monday of every month is my like financial Monday where I go in, block an hour or two and review the finances and look at my sales projections and see if I hit those and stuff. I love finance Monday so much. I think I'm going to (laughs) implement that in my own business. I mean, I got to a point where I was like, okay, I feel like I need to hand this off to somebody else. So I ended up hiring a bookkeeper myself and it's been amazing, but I still do those reports because Mm -hmm. I feel like it's so important to look, not just seeing like how much money is coming in and how much money is going out, but really like honing in on what the numbers are telling us. So if somebody's out there and they're a small business owner, a virtual assistant, a online business owner, like 
somebody who's like a solopreneur, but they're definitely seeing consistent revenue month after month. What sort of things should they be looking for within that spreadsheet? Whether you have a spreadsheet or like you, you have a bookkeeper and you're getting the reports, you are still looking at those reports and still analyzing those numbers. So however you're getting your financial reports, you want to look at really the consistency month over month of what's happening. So something might be up. So you might have like a big expense in, I don't know, let's say business development that might put your month in the red and you're like, oh no, like I lost money that month. Like I I didn't make any money that month. But then we can look back and be like, okay, why did I not make money this month? Like, why was I in the red or why was my profit lower? And we can look back and be like, okay, that's because I paid for a one-on-one mentorship where I invested in a course or something. And that's going to hopefully produce ROI going forward. So like, okay, it's, it's okay that I was in the red. I didn't make a ton of money this month because I invested in my business. Or it might be like, oh man, like I, I made $10,000 this month. Like I profited $10,000. Why is that? Like, how can I replicate that again this next month and see like, okay, well, these are what my expenses kind of look like. So this is what I need to be having my expenses. Like these are the sales metrics that I need to be hitting to give me those $10,000 profit months. So it's kind of like just looking through and seeing side by side on the month. Right now at this recording, it's at the end of March. So what we're going to be doing is going back and looking at the quarter. So looking at quarter one, January, February, March, what happened and what do we need to adjust for quarter two? to be able to hit those high months and make sure it continues on and not going back down. Yeah, I love that so much. And I love looking at things on a month basis, but like you mentioned, also on a quarterly basis, because I feel like that gives you a really good snapshot as like the pattern of behavior. And And a yearly yearly basis too. Like if we take like quarter one of this year and go back and look at quarter two of last year, that's a really good insight too. Ooh, I love that idea. Okay, I'm going to implement that when I do my quarterly reviews. Um, Okay, so one thing I want to talk about is like, let's say somebody's like, okay, yes, I'm at a point where I need to hire a bookkeeper. What does that process typically look like? And what sort of reports are you giving to your clients on a monthly basis? And how can they utilize those reports? I know we talked about this a little bit just now, but like kind of lay it out for us what that would really look like. Yeah. So with our monthly bookkeeping services, basically what would happen is we would hop on a dis- like a discovery call, like everybody else in the online space, hop on some type of call. And then we agree to work together. We get started. Then after that, we get on an onboarding call. And that onboarding call just basically goes through like the softwares, the systems that you like are telling me, like how your money's flowing. We get access to your HoneyBook or Dubsado or Stripe, things like that. You get everything connected to where we can go in and pull the data we need to. After the onboarding call, we start doing our work behind the scenes. So we start categorizing things, reconciling, crunching the numbers, fixing things if we need to, if it's been miscoded in the past, stuff like that. Then we give you your first reports. So it's like I said, it's the end of March. And so if someone comes on to us with us, at this time of year, normally we go back to the beginning of January and we do January, February, March. And so they'll have a couple months of reports that we give them. So we give them those first reports. And then after that, we hop on a recap call. And that recap call is to go over in depth, like, okay, 
These are your reports. These are your customized reports. We want to know if like you have any questions on them, if you're confused about them, because these are the reports you're getting every single month. And those reports include a profit and loss statement or an income statement. Um, That's like those terms are kind of for the same type of report. Basically, those statements are showing your income, your expenses, and then your profit at the end of the month. And then they have a balance sheet. And the balance sheet shows you basically your assets, which a lot of times in the online space is just like the cash you have on hand, your liabilities, things like um, credit card, line of credit. If you would have like a brick and mortar store, if you have a loan on that, a car, a business vehicle, that's what the liabilities are for. And then the equity. And the equity is kind of like the net worth of your business. So basically you have your assets, liability, and then your equity. And that's what's on the balance sheet. And that's what our clients get every single month. And so we answer those questions on the recap call. And then from there, we go into our typical monthly bookkeeping process to where we will code all the transactions. If we have questions, we'll ask you on those. We'll deliver the reports to you at the end of the month. And then it goes on into the next month. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much for painting that picture. Because I feel like a lot of times people feel a little nervous about hiring somebody onto their team. And Mm -hmm. it's mostly because I feel like they don't quite understand what that process is going to look like and how it's going to be beneficial to them. So one thing that I want to dive into is kind of the relationship between, let's say somebody is forming like their financial team. And Typically, you'll see them have a bookkeeper, a accountant, and then a financial advisor. What does that relationship typically look like or should look like if somebody is like looking to build out a team like that? Oh, I like that. That's like the dream team. So a lot of people don't like think of like getting that full team in there, but you're you need a bookkeeper, you need a tax accountant, you need a financial advisor. And with that comes a lot of like you were saying teamwork. And so who's supposed to be directing what is kind of the question because there's three different people and their specialties. And me as like a bookkeeper and whenever I'm coming in as like a fractional CFO to some of our clients, I'm in a position to where I'm like kind of the quarterback of the team. So if I see something in the books because I'm in them more than the accountant and more than the financial advisor, if I see something that I'm like, hey, we need to talk to the accountant hey, we need to talk to the financial advisor to see what type of investments we could be putting into with this extra cash. I'm kind of the one that's like seeing things and directing that and helping you along the way. I love that so much. And I love that you said that it's like synergy because you're right, it is. And each person I feel like is such a key player. And a lot of times I feel like when I look at other people, like those three people are operating in silos. And I, when I see success, it's typically when they like all come together. So I think that's really cool. And I like what you said about the quarterback. I was like, yes, (laughs) totally the quarterback of the team. Okay. Yeah, for sure. So if you could like whip out three financial tips for our audience and like just shout it from the rooftop so that everybody could hear what would those three tips be? Make sure you're keeping personal finances separate. So that's a given. And a lot of people hear that, but it doesn't always happen. So we want to make sure that your personal and business is separate. Make sure that your books are up to date. So they're getting done at a minimum once per month and that you have them, you're reviewing them. You have your financial Mondays, your financial Fridays, and you're looking at them. And then don't underestimate the power of budgeting and projections. A lot of times people freak out 
and get all like itchy whenever they hear the word budget because they think they can't spend any money if you're creating a budget. But it's really taking that budget, reframing that mindset around that word budget and putting it to it. Okay, it's a projection. You're the one that's giving you the projections for your business. And we really want to be able to do that so that we are telling the money where to go instead of the money's being like, oh, hey, this is what you did on a whim last Thursday night at 12 p.m. So make sure that you're really utilizing the budgeting process. Okay, I love that so much. And you know, I'm gonna ask, do you have any like tips or tools that you specifically recommend if somebody's like, ooh, I definitely do not have a budget, but maybe I should get one. Where could you point them in the right direction? In my marketplace, I have a personal budget and a business budget template. The business budget template is actually one that can go with either my DIY money manager, it works really well with. But then if you also have a bookkeeper that you're working with, you can utilize this business budget template to like kind of go hand in hand with the reports that your bookkeeper is giving you. Ooh, okay, exciting. We will be sure to put the link to that in the show notes for you guys because it sounds like you basically just need all of Lorianne's templates. <laughs> <laughs> they're really fun and they're very aesthetically pleasing because a lot of people are like spreadsheets. They just don't think they sound super fun. So I made them like really pretty and you have visuals and charts and graphs and yeah, they're not okay. just boring templates. <laughs> I love that so much. And like, I appreciate a good chart and graph so much. I'm like, if we can make it pretty, I'm here for it. Yeah. And it makes us understand them more, you know, like it, if we can see our numbers in a chart and graph type of way, I mean, I, I'm a numbers person. So anytime I look at a report, you know, there's like movies, they like try to portray what the mind's thinking and like put these random like charts in this, like in the air or something. That's literally what my mind does. (laughs) So I'll be like reading it and I'll be like throwing these little charts of visually, like trying to like visualize them. And I know not everybody's mind works that way. So that's what I'm trying to do in my spreadsheets. I love that so much. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. Okay. Well, I think I might need them too. So I'll definitely go check them out as well. Okay. Before we wrap up, one of the fun things that we do on our podcast is we do a series of just like rapid fire questions really quick, whatever pops into your head, you can just shout out. So we're going to do that really quick. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. What are you currently craving right now? I want an iced coffee. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yes. Listen, I'm I'm thinking about it. Same. And now that you said it, I'm like, I'm literally driving to the Starbucks up the street and getting my iced coffee. I will be that person that drinks iced coffee when it's like 30 degrees outside. Like I don't even care. Well, oh yeah. Cause you live in Ohio. So it probably is 30 degrees outside right now. (laughs) I think it's like 40. (laughs) Okay. That's a win for you guys. A little bit better. (laughs) Okay. And then who is currently inspiring you right now? Oh man. I've been on like a very like content absorption fast type of thing. Like I haven't been on my social media that much. That's Um, good. So like, honestly, like I can't really think of it because I haven't really been listening to a lot of podcasts or like on social media because like my brain was kind of fried there for a bit. But I do like to, I have been keeping up with Donald Miller's podcast. I always (laughs) follow him. So if we're going to post someone, let's just name him. He's awesome. I did not know that he had a podcast, but oh, I was my listening. Yes. I okay. So I was listening to Amy Porterfield's podcast, yeah. Online Marketing Made Easy, this morning while I'm like getting ready. 
And he was being interviewed by Amy for his new book. And I literally like listened to the episode and immediately went to Amazon and then bought it. And now that you told me he had, has a podcast, I'm like, well, I obviously need to listen to every episode. Yeah. So, so <laughs> his podcast is a business made simple podcast. And I could probably literally tell you word for word what his introduction of the podcast is. But he talks all about business, but then also on his team, and I forget what the name is of the host, but there's a marketing made simple podcast. So there's those two I really listen to a lot. And it's all by like Donald Miller's like brand. I am so excited. I can't wait to go just eat it up. I it's like good. love a good podcast. And when he was talking, I was literally like hanging on every word. And it's been a while since I've like listened to a podcast like guest episode like that where I'm like, oh my God, this is so good. And his was yeah. like that. So yay. Well, thank you so, so much for chatting with our audience. I appreciate you and your wisdom. And I know that this is going to be so helpful. Like I said, we will put the links to Lori Ann's shop so that you guys can grab those templates and go check her out in case you're in need of a bookkeeper as well. But where can everybody find you online and follow along and all the things? You can find me on Instagram at lauriannekoons.co. I'm also on TikTok with that handle, although I'm like not really on TikTok. So if, if you want to find me on social media, it's Instagram. And then you can go to my website, lauriannekoons.com. Amazing. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks. You just finished another episode of the Millennial Mom Movement Podcast. And because I know you're a mover and shaker, here's your action item. Snap a screenshot of this episode, share it over on Instagram, and tag me at Amanda Rush Holmes. Each week, I'll pick one person and send you a Starbucks gift card on me as my way of saying, hey, thanks for hanging out with me on the regular and being a part of this incredible movement. See you next week.